Well, good evening, everyone. It's nice to be here. And you know, I was actually thinking about, uh, as we were doing God's stories tonight, I was thinking, you know, I really should have actually changed the structure of this service around a little bit. Because I want to start off by talking about something that I was introduced to as the concept of God incidences. It was this phrase that I was introduced to many years ago, and it's this beautiful phrase, because it forces us to stop thinking about things as just lucky and coincidence, and instead forces us to open our eyes and to ask the question, where is God in this? And ever since I got introduced to that phrase, I have just been able to see these God incidences all around me. I remember uh, there was a time several years ago, and I finished up a ministry position. And as I finished up the ministry position, it also meant that Emma and I and our girls who were living on site at the time had to move off site. Now, God had called me to finish up that position and he provided a house, but we weren't exactly sure what was going to be our next step. I had a couple of days at church, but we were a little bit unsure about what was going to happen. And I remember we moved off site. We had some wonderful friends who came around and helped us with the moving. It was great. And then the end of the day, you know it's moving day, you're tired. And I was downstairs with Dad. We were just looking at something, trying to work out what it was in the new house. And Emma comes down and she brings my phone to me and she says, it's Glenn, the principal of a local Christian school. He's got a question for you. Then okay. I picked up the phone and I chatted to him for a while. And then he said, we've just had a Christian living teacher leave halfway through the year. Would you be interested in teaching grade 9 and 10 for the rest of the year? I just, I was a little bit taken aback. But he had been praying about who would be the person that he approached for it. And I just, I love that story. Because I wasn't actually necessarily thinking about what my next step needed to be. I knew that there needed to be one, but there was time. But God was going ahead. God was preparing the way for it. And it was an incredible opportunity. It was God incidences at work. <clears throat> and I love that idea because tonight we're going to be continuing the, our journey through Joshua. And we started last week uh, with this book of Joshua, this book of change, this book of transition. And I looked at chapter 1 and that feeling that sometimes in the middle of change everything can feel like you're in upheaval. Nothing can feel solid. But in the middle of change, in the middle of transition, God is solid. God is someone that we can cling to. And as we're going through this series, we're asking that question of what can we learn from these chapters about a people who are on mission in the desert as a people on mission in the desert today. And tonight I want to look at the big idea that God is going ahead of us preparing exactly what we need. And so Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, says, Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Now, we've got 
in chapter 1, we saw that God had promised that he was going to be going ahead of these guys. He was going to be preparing the way. They were fired up. They were excited about what was going to come. And Joshua is being a good leader. Joshua is going, right, we need to do due diligence. We need to send out some spies. Right from the start, we think this is going to be a bit of a James Bond spy thriller kind of thing. He says, I want you to especially look over Jericho because Joshua knew Jericho was a key place that they needed to go through. In, in order to get into the promised land from where they were, they had to go through Jericho. It was a key strategic point. So Joshua is being smart. He's trusting in God, but he's making a plan. He's doing due diligence. He's doing everything he needs to. And then we read the next few verses. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. This is not a James Bond spy movie. This is more like a Leslie Nielsen spy parody happening. This is a comedy of errors. Like Joshua has secretly spent out, sent out two spies. The role of a spy is to be hidden, to be secret. And they rock up in Jericho and the king, the one that they really want to avoid knowing that they're there, is told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. And then he sends this message to Rahab. So not only does he know that the spies are in the city, he knows exactly where they are. And I don't know about you, but I know the feeling that sometimes things just don't go to plan. Sometimes you can step out all... You can step out and fall off the stage. I was actually having a conversation about that this morning. Uh, sometimes you can be so fired up, you can be so excited for something, you can be doing all the right things, and yet it doesn't work. Sometimes you might have this brilliant plan in your head and you go to share your faith with somebody, you go to tell somebody about it, and as soon as you start talking, the words just come out garbled. And you feel deflated. Oh, I can't believe I did it. You want to share at your workplace about the fact that you went to church on the weekend but everybody just seems so closed off and against the idea and so you just go back into your shell. Or maybe you were here a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about being on mission and we put a red dot on a map of Alice Springs saying this is my primary place of mission, this is where I want to be, a presence for Jesus and you left that day and you were fired up, you were ready, you were excited and then nothing seems to work. Sometimes things just don't go to plan. Sometimes the king knows exactly where you are when you're sent out on a spy mission because you might be faithful to God but you're not a very good spy. But this is not a story of failure. This is not where the story ends. It doesn't end at verse 3 because this 
is a story of God's provision. This is a story of God incidences in people's lives. See, if we go back to verse 1 in the second half, so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Now, you probably read that verse and go, this doesn't seem like a Bible story. This doesn't seem like the place where you're going to find a biblical hero. This doesn't seem like the place where you're going to find an example to follow. And yet, what I love about this is that God knew what these two spies needed. He knew exactly what they needed. See, Rahab was running what was probably a bit of a pub, a bit of a tavern, a local place for people to gather. It would have been a place for strangers to stop and to stay overnight. So it was a place where foreigners would be and people not used to the city. This was the right place for them to go to get information. But with the size of Jericho, this was probably also not the only place that was available. And so I love that God directed them here to this specific place. The other thing that I find really fascinating about this is in verse 1, we're given the name of someone. Because when you read through Joshua chapter 2, there are only four people who are named. There is Joshua, the leader of the Israelite people, who is introduced and told, we're told who he is in the last chapter. There are two kings that Israel defeated on their journey. And there is Rahab. We're not told the names of the spies. We're not told the name of the king of Jericho. But we are told the name of this woman. Because God wants to highlight this woman. God wants to point out who she is and to highlight her and honour her in Scripture. And in fact, she continues to be honoured in Scripture. In Hebrews 11, when the writer of Hebrews is describing the Faith Hall of Fame, Rahab appears there because of what happens here in Joshua. As you read through Scripture, you see that Rahab has a role. She's involved in the lineage of King David. The, the king from the golden age of Israel that they always looked back to. But this woman who had incredible faith is also in the lineage of Jesus. She's not an Israelite. She's not from the nation of Israel and yet she ends up being welcomed in because God knew exactly what these two spies needed. Because these spies have entered Jericho and the king knows exactly where they are. He has sent soldiers to Rahab's house with a message, bring out the men. They know that they're there. And yet, as we read in verses 4 to 7, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, 
but I didn't know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. I love, as I look at this passage, because this is a woman who is facing soldiers. And she lies directly to their faces. Again, not the example you think you're going to find in the Bible. But these men were helpless. These men were in need of help. These men were in need of support because if they were found, they would have been killed. And yet God had directed them specifically to Rahab because she's a person of peace. See, these, these two men, they needed Rahab. Their lives were literally hanging on the line. She could have taken them up to her roof and hidden them and then gone down and said, hey, guys, they're just up there. I've got them hidden. I can lead you up there. You can catch them. She would have had the rest of the town celebrating her. She would have had a reward. She would have been loved by her neighbours because she would have helped save them. But Rahab doesn't. Rahab, this incredible woman, lies to the faces of these guards. She puts her own life on the line because all they had to do was not believe her and go, no, 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 we know that these men are in here and push past her and search and then she would have been killed too. She is willing to put her life on the line. Why? What is it that causes her to, to reach out to these people, to protect them like this? And we kind of see it, the crux of it here in verses 8 to 11. See, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. How great's that? Not I think, or I've heard. I know. There's this, this incredible certainty there. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, when we heard it, the whole town, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. I know that the Lord has given you this land. We have heard how the Lord has done these things. God was going ahead. 
God was preparing the way. He was going ahead of the Israelites. He was preparing the way. And I, I love that the spies were able to hear this message because they're then able to go take that back and allow it to be an encouragement to the rest of the Israelites. But this is such an important reminder for us. This is such an important lesson for us because sometimes we can feel like we are stepping out for the very first time. That we are taking new ground. That, But God has gone ahead. God is preparing the way ahead of us. He is already at work in people's hearts before we even talk to them. See, this whole city had heard the stories of God. They'd all heard the same things. Their hearts had melted in fear. And yet Rahab heard something different in the story. Rahab heard something different because her heart was soft to the things of God. Because that's what it means to be a person of peace. It means to have a softened heart. To be welcoming. You may not necessarily fully trust it. You aren't a Christian yet. Or a follower of God yet. But your heart is soft to those things. And see, when, when the other people in the city had heard of what God had done, they, they were filled with fear. And so was Rahab. But where they just saw God's power and his might, Rahab also saw his character. Because she describes, we heard how you dried up the Red Sea for the Israelites. We heard how you made a way for your people. Your chosen people were protected because you are a God of kindness. You are a God of love. You are a God who cares for the people who are there. And see, what I love about this is God has gone away ahead, but God has prepared Rahab's heart. This is the parable that Jesus spoke about in action, the parable of the soils. Jesus spoke about in the Gospels, he said, it's like a sower who goes out and spreads the seed. Some of it falls on the rocky ground where it's eaten up by the birds. Some of it is in shallow soil where it is. Uh, it starts to grow and then it's, dies off and there's the thorns and then there is the heart that is ready the heart that is prepared the soft soil the soil that is ready to grow God's spirit has been going ahead of the Israelite people and he has been preparing Rahab's heart that is why he directed them to this place that's why he directed them to Rahab because her heart was prepared it was soft and because she knew that she needed God. And you know, as I, as I reflect on this idea of the parable of the soils, and the parable of the sower, as I think about that idea of soft hearts, I think back over interactions that I have had with people because sometimes you encounter people who are just antagonistic. They just want to put a wall up. They just want to argue for the sake of arguing. But I remember a couple of years ago, or actually I'm getting old now, it was probably many, many years ago. But on social media, I went, you know what, I spend most of my time around Christians, I spend most of my time around church things. And I think that we sometimes have these caricatures of what people outside of church are like. And so I put up this offer on my Facebook page. If there is anybody willing to answer some questions, I'd love for you to do. 
And I just asked some questions about, you know, what do you understand the Christian faith to be? What, who, what do you think of when you hear these words about God? But the last question that I put on there was this question, if you could ask one thing without fear of judgment from a Christian, what would it be? And man, the conversations I had out of that. There was one friend that I had in particular, and she is very anti-God. She is very anti-church. She is very anti-Christian. But by me asking that one question, we opened a dialogue. Now, God had gone ahead and prepared her heart. She was willing to actually engage with what I was doing. Her heart wasn't yet at the stage of Rahab's where it was soft, soft soil. But God used me in that moment to help prepare the soil a little bit further for somebody down the track. Because when we talk about God preparing people's hearts, when we talk about God going ahead of us, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to do all the work ourselves, but sometimes we're just part of the journey preparing and working. It was a God incidence thing. But here in Joshua chapter 2, the spies needed Rahab. Their lives depended on her. But Rahab, she also needed the spies. Because God's Spirit had gone ahead. God's Spirit had been preparing her heart and readying her that she had chosen to hope and that she had chosen to have faith. She would already stepped out in faith for these guys. But then in verses 12 and 13 it says, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. See, Rahab needed the spies just as the spies needed her because she needed somebody to actually tell her about the things of God. She needed someone. She knew that there was hope to be found in God, but she needed someone to tell her about it. She needed someone to introduce her to it. She needed someone to show her, this is what you need to do. When we meet people of peace, it's a two-way street. We need them, but they need us because they need someone to go and to share the message. But what I love about this, what I think is so great about this, is she asks for a sign, and the spies respond. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. You know, there's a lot of conditions in that. There are a lot of things that need to, you need to keep track of. But the men said to her, you tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Agreed, she replied at the end. 
Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Rahab. This woman who was not part of the kingdom of Israel, this woman who was not part of God's chosen people, but whose God's spirit had already gone ahead and prepared the way, who God had already been speaking to her and drawing her to himself. All she had to do was one thing, tie the scarlet cord in the window. Now, I am a chronic procrastinator. If there is something that I can put off till tomorrow, I will do it. Matter of fact, I'll probably put it off till next week. I am in awe of the fact that she, as soon as these spies tell her what to do, she ties the scarlet cord in the window. She doesn't waste any time. She doesn't second-guess herself because God has already gone ahead. And you know, so many times we are scared of what we're meant to do. We, we feel that God's calling us to go and share our faith. We feel that God's calling us to go and tell other people about him or to do something. And we, we wonder, am I going to have the right words? You know, what I've learned is sometimes having the wrong words is better because then people go, oh, it's all right, you don't have to have it all together. And it's this beautiful, beautiful picture and this beautiful image. We can stress and we can worry that we don't have everything together, that we don't have it right. And yet God places people in our journey. God places people of peace that through God incidents we meet, that we come across, that we spend time with. And maybe, maybe that person is somebody who just goes you know what, I don't like Christians, but you're okay. You're different. That's, that's a story that I've heard played out so many times. See, God is going ahead of us. God is preparing the way. He's placing people in our path. But we need to actually open our eyes. And so I wonder... Who is it that God has placed in your path? Who is it that you can actually speak into their lives, but you can also allow them to speak into your life? Who is the person of peace that God has set before you that he has already prepared ahead of time? And prepared the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God... I want to thank you for Rahab. I want to thank you for this incredible woman of faith. Lord, I want to thank you for the example that she is of stepping out in faith even when you don't know. But Lord, I want to thank you for the way that you went ahead and you prepared her heart. Lord God, you went ahead and you prepared who she was. But Lord, I also thank you that you directed the spies to her house, that she was willing to take a risk to step out in faith to protect them, even in the face of her own death. And Lord God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the way that you are going ahead of us. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the way that you are preparing people in our path. 
people that you are calling us to speak into, into their lives. Lord, not the, the ones who are so antagonistic, but Lord, you place people whose hearts are softening in front of us. Lord, give us the courage to actually speak into their lives and to speak to them about you because they need to hear. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to go before us and prepare the way. All these things we pray in your name. Amen.